ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew and as we get into today's uh, today's episode, just a reminder that uh, you can contact us. Email address for me, cbergwald at sfcatholic.org. C-B-U-R-G-W-A-L-D at sfcatholic.org. Best way to give us listener feedback. Any questions you have about today's episode, any ideas you have for future topics, shoot those emails my way, and I will forward them on to Father for his consideration, because he's in charge. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, not in charge wait, at all. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. I've never been, or I do ever recall, ever being formally put in charge of anything <laughs> having to do with the uh, determination of content or production of this podcast. I have no responsibility here whatsoever, as Lieutenant <laughs> Weinberg said in uh, Few Good Men. <sighs> We're not talking about movies today, are we, Father? No, so no one's going to listen to this podcast. No. So sorry to disappoint you if you're here for another uh, interesting movie review, but that's another episode some other time. Today, instead of movies, we are going to talk about mercy, Father. Yay! So specifically, uh, something which, which I, as Father and I were, were emailing back and forth the other day about what, what to discuss, I was reviewing um, the, the, the past episodes of Ignition and, and what Father and I have talked about and realized, and somebody said, well, what about confession? Well, we've done a show on confession. Uh, no, we haven't. What? I know, right? So, so we're going to talk today about um, the Sacrament of Reconciliation, uh, which many... Well, I don't know many Catholics. A number of Catholics uh, are left quaking in their boots at the idea. You mean I have to tell Father my sins? I have to tell him everything that bad I've done since the last time I went to confession? Uh, I'd rather not. Do I have to? Wait, do and non-Catholics uh, quaking as well. Yes, because... Or uh, 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 shaking in rage. Who do you think you are? I actually had that in a discussion with a non-Catholic at one time. Yeah, that's right. I, th- I recall that now. Yes, that's how he tricked them. So, <laughs> so let's let's. It is, but again, mercy, the, the, Father. This is, I think, it's. There are many places we could begin, but just this basic point that this is not a sacrament of torture. It's a sacrament of mercy. Yes, it can be difficult to say out loud to another human being what sins we've committed. Uh, but but despite that 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 real difficulty, um, it still it remains a sacrament of God's mercy, the sacrament, a sacrament by which he extends to us his forgiveness won by his son on the cross, by which our sins are really, truly wiped away. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so, so any, I mean, any, any thoughts on that, elaborating on that point before we get into some of the specifics? No, I uh, I love it. It's it's the heart of the sacrament. That's the point of the sacrament is for that sake, your sake, not for the priest's sake. It exists for the assurance of your salvation, for the easing of your conscience, uh, and for your growth and holiness. 
And for your growth and holiness. Yes, I mean, we're, we're given this, it's a gift, like all seven sacraments, the sacrament of reconciliation is a gift of Jesus to us, to his disciples, by which we can grow. All the sacraments uh, lead us to grow in relationship with him, to grow in holiness and sanctification. So, Father, um, you know, there, there are a number of things that we, we can and, and will uh, in this episode talk about i think it is you know you mentioned sort of why some some christians protestant christians in particular um most of whom uh, would would have biblical objections uh the, you know there is no mediator between god and man but our lord jesus christ so but you're, you're inserting the catholic church inserts the priest uh between between the, the christian and jesus you know what what do you mean you you absolve can't can't i just uh can't we just confess our sins to jesus he's the one who died on the cross for us and and he wipes them away um there are a number of ways to respond to that, I think. Do you have any particular, in terms of biblical references, any any particular favorites that you like to well, point to? Uh, um, well, there's a couple of things going on. Just, I, the other thing I get to is, why is there even any need to absolve yeah. um, from sin? I think that's another important thing. But that gets to a different question altogether. Probably don't have time for today. But the main thing I would say, like in terms of why do you have to go to a priest to get your sins forgiven... I always love to say, because Jesus told me to. Right. Right? Um, and so, um, with Jesus's, uh, what Jesus means by that, or what I mean by that, of course, in John chapter 20, uh, where uh, Jesus uh, is appearing to the disciples after uh, the resurrection, he breathes on them and says, smell my breath. <laughs> no. Minty fresh. No. Yes. He breathes on them and says, Receive the Holy Spirit, whose sins you forgive are forgiven, and whose sins you retain are retained. And before that, actually, he says, As the Father sent me, so I send you. Whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, whose sins you retain are retained. Yes. It says this to men. Yes. To apostles. And so they've done that for 2,000 years. Yes. Father, this is what, so I'm curious about your experience. This is, with this passage in particular, uh, as you said from John chapter 20, this one seems to be pretty cut and dry when it comes to Scripture. I mean, it's explicitly there. Jesus gives the authority to forgive sins to his apostles, and they pass that authority on to their successors, the bishops, who also delegated it to their co-workers in the truth, priests like yourself. So just I'm curious about your experience, conversations with, with people, uh, especially with, with Protestant Christians, where's their objection? How do they respond to this verse? Uh, with hemming and hawing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it's from a lot of different ways. And sometimes they'll say, well, it's, it's your job as a fellow Christian. You're sent by Jesus to announce his name and his cross, which is how sins are forgiven. Um, and there I usually, and so they're basically just saying that it's a, it's a basic gospel proclamation. Right. Okay. So, in that sense, that that's something that we all can do. And in that sense, you know, I, I can forgive someone's sins. Then nothing exclusive to an ordained ministry. Gotcha. Okay. Right. Okay. And a good response there is the notion of that sins are forgiven or retained. Because oh. sins you forgive are forgiven, and sins you retain are retained. Right. Okay. The, so connect those dots. Right. Well, how would you know what to forgive and what to retain? Hmm. I don't know. How would I know? 
unless you're given a list, right? Right. Unless there's a discussion, unless there's a personal involvement with someone to know what sins are forgiven and what sins are retained. Okay. So the actual confession of sins, it must be implied by that then? Yes. So, uh, sorry, go ahead. I was even more than implied, I think, uh, pretty directly related to there. Uh, maybe, maybe not directly mentioned, but the very, I mean, I guess it's implied, you could say, but it's easily deducible. Right, right. Any other scriptural passages that you would, would point to in this context? Or, or I mean, that, to me, that's the, well, yeah, the key. Well, yeah, I'd also point to the fact that Jesus talks about the authority to forgive sins. He says, as the Father, he, he says, as the Father sent me, so I send you. So he's giving his authority to the apostles. Right. And Jesus' authority is precisely centered around the idea of the forgiveness of sins. In fact, that's one of the most scandalous parts of Jesus' life. That he would dare forgive the sins of others early in, during his public ministry, you mean? Yes. And that he gives that authority to other men as well, then? Yes. And yet, the, I think the what, one thing to keep in mind in this context is the Catholic understanding is always that Jesus is the one who, he gives this power. It's his power that he gives to the apostles and through them to bishops and priests. So it's still Jesus who is forgiving my sins through you when I confess my sins to you, Correct. Yes. And so, uh, when you go to a priest to confession, he is acting in persona Christi Capitus. Which is, which is Greek for what? It's actually Pig Latin. Oh, Pig Latin. So it's regular Latin. <laughs> regular Latin. <laughs> it's regular Latin and means in the person of Christ, the head. The head, right. The head of what? The head of the body. So, so because he is the head of the church, he has this authority, and he has given it, delegated it through the bishop to you. Right, and so I act in his person. Okay. That's all. That's the idea of coming coming in authority is you're acting in the name of the person. Right, right, right. On behalf of the governor of the state of South Dakota, I now announce that today is Ignition Day. Yes, finally, finally. Um, so this is not a, this is, to be clear here. I think there can be some confusion and misunderstanding in the part of both Catholics and other Christians. So you, as a priest, you do not possess this authority innately. It's something that you've received um, by virtue of your ordination. Correct, and something that I only uh, can exercise in communion with my bishop. What What does that mean? So uh, my bishop could revoke that faculty from me. So, so you wouldn't have, if he did that, you wouldn't have permission. In other words, to to right, right. and so if I and like if I go to another diocese, to another area, under another bishop, I just can't set up shop and say, "Hey, everybody, uh, doing confessions here, come on, everybody, come and see me." I have to be in a relationship with that bishop. So, as a matter of church law, that would be illegal, so to speak. And yet you still, by virtue of your ordination, which is forever, still have some share in that power to absolve, even if Correct. you do it illegally. Correct. And so, uh, like, if I'm traveling, uh, like, uh, a week from now, I'll be traveling to go to Focus uh, Summer Training, and I'll be traveling my clerical attire, and if someone sees me in the airport and says, Oh, Father, would you hear my confession? I'd say Yes. Yeah, I'd like to clarify, you're asking for a Catholic priest, just I'm a Catholic priest, I'd happily hear your confession. Right. Um, but that'd be different than publicly setting up a ministry. Right, right, right. 
Okay, so so we see here in Scripture that there's clear indications, and and then we also look in the, early, the very early history of the church. Um, we see reference all over the place to the confession of sins. And Father, I think there's an important point that that's worth noting um, at this point: the, the the confession, the sacrament of reconciliation, confession is specifically for. Um, mortal sin, in particular. Uh, in other words, it, we, we'll, and we'll talk about you know how we can and should uh, confess venial sins as well. But this, the, the early church fathers talked about the second plank of salvation is the sacrament of reconciliation. The first being baptism. So the first way that our sins are forgiven sacramentally is through our baptism. But if we commit, commit a serious sin, we're sort of sinking. We've our our ship has wrecked anew. Uh, this this plank is thrown out to us. This is another. Another um, life jacket, if you will, by which we can be once again reunited with Christ and His body, the Church. Uh, the, 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 the means by which the life of grace can be renewed once again, restored within us. Um, so, very early on, we, we see reference to the confession of sins, uh, grave sins, mortal sins, um, in, in the life of Christians. So, it's in the early centuries, you would have to confess your any serious sins you committed to the priest or to the bishop. And Father, this is where I, I love pointing out to people, you know, it, it can be, and again, I understand, I'm not minimizing, um, it, it can be intimidating, uh, especially if we haven't gotten to confession for a long time. I, I've been there, done that. Uh, went several years at one point without going to confession. And the first time you go, and even after that, it can be intimidating. It can be hard to do uh, because you're, you're doing this. Uh, but we still have it much easier today uh, than they did in the early centuries. Some parts of the church early on, the first centuries of Christianity, you had to confess your sins aloud in front of the congregation. Yeah. So, thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. Oh, boy. Uh, and, you know, and literally in front of everyone. Because, because you've sinned against everyone. You've cut yourself off from the body, and so you're going to um, confess your sins before the body. So, there are no victimless sins. Exactly, exactly. The victim is always yourself and the whole body. The whole body. Every sin we commit uh, damages ourselves and the entire church. And likewise, every act of virtue, uh, every act of love, love, um, builds up myself and the entire body, the entire church. So, so very early on, we, we see reference to to the reality of people confessing their sins, and that wasn't not publicly everywhere, but but everywhere it was the practice that you you would have to confess your sins. Um, to the bishop. The other thing, well, let's let, we should let's talk about the the structure of the sacrament first, and then we can look at some of the differences historically. So, Father, how do, how does this actually? If if somebody's you know not at all familiar with the sacrament, or maybe it's been a long time and they don't remember, what exactly? How how do we concretely go about this? If I want to go to confession, I have it for a long time. Um, co- concretely, how do we go about it? A couple things. The first, I think, would be to to pray. To ask Jesus to prepare your heart uh, and to inspire your heart uh, for great confession, ask him to pray for your confessor, the priest you're going to go to, whether you know who it is or whether you're just going to take whoever is in the box. Okay. Uh, so I think to, to pray, uh, I don't know if that's too abstract things, but I just want to put first things first in that way. Right, absolutely. Okay. Um, the second thing, then, is to review your life, review your sins, 
um, to see, uh, to know, and to name your sins so that you're ready when you go into confession and you're prepared about how to go about it. Um, now, with that, that doesn't mean... Uh, one of the things you can do and might want to do in such a case would be to make a cheat sheet. Right. And so, and so a cheat sheet would just be a list of things. You could, Maybe it might be advisable to write them in code. <laughs> as long as you don't forget the key to the code once you get in the reconciliation. Right. Oh, shoot. What did that mean again? Yeah. But that, that was just nice that if anyone should stumble upon or look over your shoulder or whatever it might be, yep. um, then uh, you don't have to worry about... Um, them like your sin, your your dirty laundry being well, waved out in public. Right. Okay. Yep. So, what? By the way, along those lines, what if, what if I forget something? What, what if there's a sin that I commit that I forget about? So, if it is not a, if you if you read confession, you realize, oh, I forgot to say something. Uh, if it's not a mortal sin, if it's not grave matter, uh, that sin is forgiven in the sacrament itself, even if not directly named. Okay. Okay. Um, for sins that are uh, grave matter, then we are obliged to bring them up uh, in our next confession by name. But does that mean that I'm not in a state of grace at that point? Um, as long as you didn't deliberately withhold the sin, uh, you can, uh, and it might be you know, like a day later you remember it. Yep. Especially when I'm talking, I mean, if you remember when you just left, and it's a mortal sin, and it's not a you know not a big line. I'd say go back in right away. Right. Say, Father, I didn't mean to do this. Let's Father, I sinned. I just had my confession, but I realized as I left that I withheld. I forgot about this. And right. It's like a major thing. Right. Um, which we could talk about more uh, mortal and venial sins on another ignition of uh, ignition of addition. I almost said addition. <laughs> see, what I, see what I did there? I understand what you did there. Okay. Anyway, thanks for being very forgiving. Ah, get it? <laughs> Continue, Padre. <laughs> okay. So, uh, if, but if that's the case, then um, uh, I'm going to uh, uh, go in and uh, uh, go in and do that. If, you know, a couple days later, I'm like, oh my goodness, I forgot about this. Um, then the next time you get to confession, bring it up, you might want to go for that week weekend. But, like, you know, you remember right before Sunday Mass, Go ahead and, and you should be able to receive community. Yeah, yeah. you didn't deliberately withhold it. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So if you forget, so don't worry. I mean, like you said, confess it next time. But 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 it is you, you needn't um, withhold yourself for, from communion for that reason. Correct. Correct. Okay. So re, I review my my life, or at least since I uh, last confessed, went to the sacrament of reconciliation. Um, then what? Then. Um, with your with your cheat sheet in hand, you want to maybe review how to do the second, but you go inside to the confessional at the appointed time, um, or if you want to, you make an appointment with Father. If it's been quite a while, and um, you um, you want to review, uh, you think it's going to be a long confession, maybe you could do Father and other people a favor and give a call. Yep. And Father might be even open to doing uh, a confession where. Um, uh, he just agrees to meet in the confessional, and so you wouldn't have to know your identity. You could remain anonymous. Does that make sense? Yep, it does. Yep. And so you could go in and say, hey, Father, would you meet me in the confessional? And it's going to be, uh, do you have a time when you can meet me in the confessional? It's been, you know, five years, six years, it's been a while, and I just, uh, it's going to take a while. 
And again, because some people might be comfortable, might be comfortable going to face to face. But if you're not, you can still, this is the way that you can still uh, make an appointment while preserving your anonymity. Correct. Okay. Which is kind of what we're looking to do there. Yep. And so, um, but either way, we're going at the appointed time. Then you go in, uh, and the, the formula is pretty simple. Not that, a lot of confessionals have a cheat sheet there, but uh, as a good penitent, Dr. Bergwald, do you remember the formula of how you go about a confession? Uh, this is how I do it, at least. Uh, maybe I'm doing it wrong, but I, I uh, oftentimes, actually, the, the priest begins um, in, the name of the, we, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and then I don't remember, I, I don't remember literally the priest. What, what, what are the words that the priest says introductorily? Well, there's a couple different options. Um, like I usually pray, pray, just pray, pray, brothers. Uh, uh, <laughs> okay, and then the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, we ask for your Holy Spirit to help us make a good confession. Right, and then so the penitent, me confessing my sins. Uh, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. It's been a month since my last confession. It's been two years since Correct. the last confession. And then I tell you my sins. I, I, I name the sins insofar as I can remember them, perhaps using the cheat sheet uh, if, if I did do that. Yes. And then uh, at which point Father will uh, give you some uh, counsel or advice, possibly, or maybe ask some clarifying questions about the sins that you've listed to determine their gravity. And then uh, Father will assign you a penance. So I, one thing I want to say there, um, I think some people think that, and I was going to jokingly insert, as you were saying, and then Father will lay into you and rip you to shreds for being such a horrible person. No. No. Um, they get, this is the sacrament of mercy. This is a concrete means by which Jesus extends through another man um, his loving embrace to us poor sinners. And so maybe, and th- that's not to say that there has never been anything like that. I've ex- I've had a bad confessional experience in that way, but I think once ever in what almost 35 years of going to confession that I have, and it was not awful either, but it was just one time where I, um, a priest would, you could say, started to lay into me. Every other time, it's been a very gentle, loving response by the priest. Right. And oftentimes, like, if you get that experience or you're not uncomfortable with it, you know, you could try a different priest. Yep. So you're given a... a father a, might have had a bad day. It's hot. Yeah, yep, yep, right, right. Pray for him. Priest for people. Sometimes yep. we screw up. Yep. Oftentimes we screw up. Yep. So, so you, then the priest assigns the penitent a a, a penance. So, uh, one, I think this is one thing. Um, well, go. Okay, you, you keep going with what we do, and then I'll get into the historical thing I was going to say just now. Um. Right. So the. Uh, so on the on with the penance. Now, interesting with the penance. Uh, you brought up an interesting thing which I'd want to cover, but another interesting thing is that the penitent has the right to refuse a penance. Really. Yeah. I didn't know so that. Think, yeah. Um, if uh, if you think the penance is unfair or unclear, you get to say, Father, that doesn't make sense, or Father, that'd be hard to accomplish in that way. So, like, if uh, like I received an eye penance once to do something nice for a family, um, and I was just like, that's an odd penance to do. Like, how do I know? I mean, what's something nice? Hold the door open? I mean, what's, what, what, what does that mean? Right. And so it's okay to kind of ask Father to clarify in that way. Right. Okay. You had mentioned something about penances? 
Well, so what? Well, well, so after after you after the not yet. I'm going to save it for a little bit. So after um, you give me the penance, then what happens? Then uh, the, for, uh, the the penitent makes the act of contrition, okay. which is a prayer of sorrow. Uh, for sin, sorrow that their sins have lost heaven, gained hell, and sorrow that their sins have offended the love of God. The act of contrition also expresses a desire to amend one's life by the help of God's grace. Okay, so I pray as the penitent, I pray the act of contrition, and then you... Then the priest gives uh, the prayer of absolution, the forgiveness by which sins are absolved. So the sins are absolved, so they're wiped away um, as my spiritual director, and I think fathers perhaps as well, oftentimes says afterwards, you're lily white. So our soul is pure and stainless and spotless before God. Correct. Uh, uh, There's a a story in that way. They're not just, again, forgiven. They're crossed out. They're absolved. They're gone. Yeah, they're gone. So, and then there's sort of a conclusion, go for sin no more, and Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and that's it, right? Right. And then I leave, as a penitent... Then then the the end of it is you need to pray your penance. Right. So I leave, and I need to pray my penance. And just for personal experience, it's best to do that right away so you don't forget. (laughs) All of a sudden, it's Sunday morning, I was my penance? What was my penance? Oh, my goodness. So... and sometimes that's not possible. Maybe circumstances in which you you went to the sacrament might not be just in a church on Sunday Saturday afternoon or whatever. But uh, normally you, we we do have the opportunity to to say our penance right away. What I was going to say another interesting historically early on. So the order in which it happens there, I confess my sins. Father gives me uh, a penance to do. I, I pray the act of contrition. He absolves me from my sins in the name of the Father, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, and I go and do my penance. Back in the day, in many parts of the church, in the first millennium, you would not be absolved. You would not receive absolution until after you had completed your penance. So you had to leave. You, you, you left, in a sense, the, the, the confessional or, or the, whatever the physical setting was and had to do your penance and then come back and tell the priest or the bishop, I've completed my penance, and then he would absolve you. So that was something that that changed, um, and we're not going to have time today to get into why some of these chain, things changed historically. Um, the, 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 the fundamentals of the sacrament have been consistent for 2,000 years, but some of, the, some of the, the accidentals, some of the concrete ways in which they're done have changed, and that's one example that um, it used to be that you weren't absolved until you after you completed the penance. Um, the other thing, Father, that I find uh, our penances today, you know, I mean, people joke, one of the more common ones is, you know, say a few prayers, our Father, Hail Mary, Glory Be, or a certain number of each of them or something. Um, penance back in the day used to be a lot more rigorous as well. I mean, and sometimes it would take you years com- to complete your penance. So we shouldn't complain at all about it, should we? Well, I mean, with, within, well, I mean, but this Father gives us still, we, we can ask if Father gives us some unreasonable penance. We can. Right, right. Quite that one. Um, but no, that's certainly much different than so, and just, you know, as we're wrapping up here, I just speaking, you know, well, I, I think for both of us, myself as a layman, father's a priest, father also goes to confession. Um, priests do have to go to confession to others. Just if you haven't been for a long time, um, don't sweat it. Just, you know, when it, in the sense that don't be worried about it. Um, don't be afraid of doing it. It really is something, especially if you, the more often you go, the easier it is. Yeah. Uh, that's your experience, isn't it, father? Oh, very much so. And even like, 
you know, even if you go, you might still feel nervous about it. But and it's okay to feel nervous. Just just go. Exactly. It's a, it's a great sacrament of mercy. We'll talk about this more because there's a lot more fascinating things about the sacrament to discuss, but we're out of time today. Again, email address if you want to ask any follow-up questions, cbergwald at sfcatholic.org. Also, you can find past episodes of Ignition on the Diocesan website, www.sfcatholic.org, and uh, just look for the media and then audio media files, and you'll find them there. Until next time, dear listeners, and Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.